0: This is Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 117, with guest Tara Gentile. All links and resources you hear on this podcast can be found by going to yourkickasslife.com forward slash 117.
1: This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host. The girl who serves it up straight with a side of
0: crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the show. And today we have a bonus episode. Yay! I'm very excited to bring this for you. This is the first time that I've ever had two episodes roll out in one week and it's a bonus episode. Your regularly scheduled episode came out just yesterday, 6 reasons you're afraid and what to do about it. And today I wanted to bring you a special guest for a special reason. But before we get into that, I just wanted to give you a heads up speaking of the podcast a special series is coming up that I'm rolling out starting the last week of September. You'll still get your regular episode every Wednesday, but for 10 weeks, starting that last week of September, I'm also rolling out episodes specifically on the topics of sobriety and recovery. So this is for anyone who has gotten sober from alcohol, who struggles with any addiction, who's thinking they might have a problem but aren't sure, or even if that's not you, but you want a better understanding of what it's like for someone you care about, just to be able to support them a little bit better, then these episodes are going to be for you. So if you're sure you don't want to miss any of those, you can get on my email list by texting the word KICKASS to 444-999. That's the word kick ass, all one word to 444 99 to make sure that you don't miss any of those episodes coming up. I'll be interviewing all kinds of people on this topic, mostly women, around the topic of sobriety and recovery around alcoholism. But there is some other stuff in there I'm sure that we will talk about. So I just I can't wait to share it with you. It's been something that I've been thinking about doing for many, many, many months, and I just decided to pull the trigger. It's now or now. Ever, right. Okay, so back to today's bonus episode. As y'all know, I'm a life coach, and the term life coach has taken on many meanings over the last couple of decades. It can mean different things on what a life coach actually does, you know, based on their training, based on their background, based on their niche, and it's a relatively new profession. And what's even newer is having an online business as a life coach. And I get many, many people who ask me questions like, how did you become a life coach? Can you actually make a living at it? What school did you go to? What does one need to do to be successful at it? How do I build an online business as a life coach? And while I do take a small handful of private clients for consulting around that topic, I wanted to have someone on the podcast whom I trust implicitly, someone I've hired to help me in my business and who knows all there is to know about building an online business, and that is... Tara Gentile. So this bonus episode you're about to hear is for anyone who is a life coach or is thinking about becoming one because I know there's a lot of you out there who are thinking about doing so. And also in the show notes, I've put some really great links for you from various blog posts and podcast episodes in the past where I've written about this, such as advice for starting your own coaching business. I've had a couple of my colleagues on where we've had conversations about the life coaching industry in general, as well as a 30-minute training video on my best ideas for starting and being successful in your own coaching business. So before we jump into the show, let me tell you a little bit about Tara. Tara Gentile is the founder of Quiet Power Strategy, a company specializing in hands on business training for idea driven entrepreneurs. She's passionate about helping people with smart ideas make more money, reach new audiences, and live life with ease. Tara is the author of The Art of Earning, Quiet Power Strategy, and The Observation. Engine. She's the host of Profit Power Pursuit, a podcast that goes behind the scenes of the real grit, administration, and logistics of running a successful business. Tara's work has been featured in Fast Company, Forbes, Design Sponge, and in the New York best selling book, The $100 Startup by Chris Gibelou. She's a regular instructor on Creative Live and speaks on entrepreneurship, money, and marketing all over the world. So without further ado, here is Tara. Hey, everybody. Thank you for being here another edition of the podcast and as you know as I mentioned a little bit ago we are doing a special edition about the life coaching industry because I know so many of you are interested in either becoming a life coach or a health coach or you already are one and might be in the beginning stages of your business so I've brought on some of the most brilliant minds that I know in this industry and one of them is Tara Gentile. Tara thank you for being here. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you and I'm excited to have these real conversations about the industry because people just don't know what to believe out there about (laughs) what it's like to actually build a business and sustain a business that actually makes money and makes you happy. So let's jump in and I want to ask you first, what do you think is the biggest mistake you see life coaches or just coaches in general doing right now in 2016? This is a great question because there are so many, and it's really, really hard for me to <laughs> choose one or two. To. But no,
2: honestly, I think the biggest mistake I see coaches making is that they don't make their services, their coaching services actually seem relevant to the people that they are trying to coach the people that they're trying to sell to. In other words, they're focused on selling life coaching services instead of focusing on what the particular pain points or problems or even questions or goals that their prospective clients actually have. And so I realized that just, you know, the wonderful tool that Edgar is posted a quote on my Facebook page this morning that's completely relevant to this, which is simply, you know, if you can't see how your product or service fits into your customers' lives, they can't either. Mm -hmm. And that, in a nutshell, is this mistake that I'm talking about, is that we so often fixate on the coaching part and how wonderful coaching is and what all you can accomplish in coaching. But we don't. Bother to figure out how it actually fits into somebody's life. Why someone would actually make an hour of their week and give it to you? Let alone give you a hundred bucks or two hundred bucks or five hundred bucks for that time. And how that's actually going to change what their actual week looks like. And so I think we need to spend a lot more time thinking about that. I think we need to spend a lot more time getting clear on what that actually looks like for customers. And we need to spend a lot more time making what we do as coaches. Coaches or strategists or whoever, more relevant to them, make it actually resonate with them.
0: I 1000% agree with you. And I noticed that in the beginning of my business, I think that I got lucky in that the brand that I chose and the name of my business was catchy. And it was people liked it. Here's what I found out very quickly is that people will get on board with inspiration and even motivation. They'll, you know, like fist pump, like, yeah, I love that. But when it comes to actually getting their wallet out for it, they don't understand what they're actually paying for. And I think that's kind of what you were also alluding to as well as like, how does it fit into people's life? How is it actually going to change their life? How is it going to make their life better? And it kind of yeah. sounds like too, like what you're saying is like, comes down to the simple, like what problem are you solving for people?
2: Yes. And people hate that question, I know, um, but it is the most important question. It's the most important so- question in business. Yeah, so I talk about this distinction as the difference between buy-in and buy-now. And life coaches especially are extremely good at buy-in. It's Mm -hmm. all that inspiration. It's like, yeah, go live that kick-ass life, right? Right. (laughs) That's that's all that, you know, the memes that we post, the quotes that we post, the books that we talk about, all of these things, right? That's all buy-in. Even this podcast is Mm -hmm. buy-in, right? It's an opportunity to create community, to welcome people in, to show them how what you have to offer might be relevant to them and exciting and inspiring. But then we wonder why no one wants to buy right now. the reason reason is, is because we've given them no reason to buy right now. Exactly. Even our calls to action sound like buy in instead of buy now. And so while people are willing to give you their attention and their time, which, you know, True story is still hard to sell. <laughs> yes. It's not the same as getting someone to open up their wallet or to make that time in their calendar to prioritize what you're offering. And for that, you need to tap into that sense of urgency that we mm-hmm. talk about, right? And we tend to think about urgency as being this manufactured thing. Oh, well, I only have two coaching spots open this month, or you know, the price is going up next month, so you're gonna want to book with me now. But that's only one very certain Surface level way to create urgency. And in fact, the much better way to create urgency to get people to actually hit that buy now button is to tap into something that they're actually going through, a situation that they're facing, a question that they're asking, a pain point that crops up for them day after day after day. And the more specific that you can get with that, the more targeted you can make the way you talk about that thing, and then relate it to how you can help through whatever it is that you're offering. The more natural, a sense of urgency you'll create. And then the more likely it is that the right people will actually hit that buy now button. And so it's really important in your business to have both. You need to have buy-in and you need to have buy now. And honestly, I think everyone's already familiar with this. You need to have more buy-in than you have buy now but you can't get rid of the buy now <laughs> and you can't ignore it. And you can't kind of pretend that if you're so good at buy in that the buy now will just happen. <laughs> There's no <laughs> amount of goodness at buy in that you can be that negates you getting better at buy now. So, and I think that that's really where more coaches need to be spending their time is actually getting better at understanding what makes people buy now, what inspires them to buy now, what motivates them to buy now and using that to their advantage when it comes to simply communicating what they have to offer.
0: Yes. Which brings me to my next question, but I just want to pause for a second and explain why I was giggling when you said, (laughs) I just got a chuckle when you said that some people think that people will automatically buy now if they have enough buy in. And that, like, good luck with that. That's what I'm just saying. And I think that those people, if that's you listening, that you might want to look at how you feel about selling and how you, because I'm really honest with people. I do some consulting for new coaches, and I have gotten every once in a while people are like, oh, but it feels so gross. And it's like, look, we are in the business of sales. Like, you are a salesperson. I don't care if it's life coaching or if you're selling, you know, trinkets or whatever. You're in the business of sales, and you have to get used to Actually, selling, and you can call it whatever you want to call it, but you absolutely have to work on that kind of mindset, which is different than strategy. Both important.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, sales is service, right? Mm -hmm. Lots of different people will tell you that, but it is completely true. Sales is service. And until you sell someone, until you make the sale, until you close the deal, until you get that coaching contract signed, until you make that sale, you cannot be in service to that person at the highest level. Because we know all of that buy-in stuff, it's great and it gets us excited, but is that really changing anyone's lives in a meaningful way? No. Mm, Not really. You know, Mm -hmm. as a coach, that the best tool you have for changing someone's life, for improving the way they see the world and how they feel about themselves and those around them is your coaching service. And so if you are not selling people on that coaching service, If you're not selling them on that particular tool in your tool belt, you're not being of as high a service as you possibly can be. And that Mm -hmm. sucks. That's not why you got into this business to begin with. Right. And before we move on, if you could give me just one more second to like, I'm really bad about talking about things in the abstract. And I want to make this really concrete for people because I think that this is, you know, as I said, the number one mistake I see people making. The way to know, the way to kind of self-diagnose this problem, the difference, you know, and maybe focusing more on buy-in instead of buy-now, is if you get lots of people emailing you back, if you get lots of people clicking your links, if you get people, you know, leaving comments or clicking the like button, you feel like you're getting a good amount of that, like you're getting your traction in that area. But then when you go to make an offer, you put up a sales page, maybe you've written a book, maybe you've put together a coaching program, and you put up that sales page and you ask people to click through and they do click through to it. And then you hear crickets, you don't get the sales, you don't even maybe you don't even get people talking back to you, or you You get people talking back to you and they're like, wow, that looks awesome. That's going to be so great for the people that sign up to that. But they don't see themselves as the person who should sign up for that. That's how you know you have that problem. Mm -hmm. And that's 99% of the people listening right now. Mm
0: -hmm. That was me probably the first two, two and a half years of my business. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it was to remedy it. It was a lot of trial and error. It was market research asking people what the reason was that they didn't buy so I could serve yeah. them better and fix it. And it was a lot of me getting my shit together in terms of being okay with <laughs> asking for money. It's my own self-confidence and stuff like that. So for sure. Yeah. I love that. I love that you clarified that. So, sort of on the same topic, I have seen that for some selling personal development can be a challenge because many of them want to sell empowerment or becoming their most authentic self or if you're a health coach, they want to sell holistic wellness, which I think is great for them that they know that that's what they're actually selling. But why is this a mistake for them to say those types of things and how can they remedy it?
2: Yeah. I talk about this as coach speak, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it's that jargon that every industry has. I have that jargon too. I'm ridiculous when it comes to jargon. (laughs) which is why interviews like this are so good because then I try and get out of the jargon or I try and explain the jargon. Anyhow, you can't sell with jargon. Nobody cares actually about being their best self. Nobody cares about empowerment. It might get them excited, Mm -hmm. but it's not going to get them to buy now. It's exactly the same thing that we've been talking Mm -hmm. about. But most importantly, we don't actually buy holistic wellness. We don't buy our authentic self. If you tried to sell me My authentic self, like that, just sounds ridiculous when you put it that way, right?
0: Why would I pay money for that when I live my authentic? Yeah, yeah, I hear you.
2: Yeah. Or is that even a thing that you can purchase in the first place? Is that something that you can imagine seeing on a shelf with a price tag on it? Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. We don't believe that we can buy our best self. So why are we trying to sell it? We don't believe that we can buy empowerment. So why are we trying to sell it? David Ogilvie said that people don't buy drills, they buy holes. So Drills, right? We go to the store to buy a drill, certainly. But why? What motivated us to go to the store? It was to hang a picture on the wall. It was to put together a bookshelf. It was to mount the new TV, you know, the new 60-inch TV that we just got and we want to hang it on the wall, right? Those are the reasons that actually motivate us to go to the store the drill itself is just a tool that we use to get to the end, you know, to fill that mm-hmm. need or to get to that end goal. And that's really what's going on here as well is holistic wellness, you know, becoming your best self empowerment. These are just tools. And if you focus on selling the tool, sure, some people will buy it, but they won't pay top dollar for it. And because they, you know, they won't pay top dollar for it because it doesn't have the most value associated with it. It's just this tool. It's like an inanimate object almost. And it doesn't have any meaning to them. And you're leaving this huge segment of the market who could buy from you, who would buy from you if only they understood what it was that you were actually offering them. Mm -hmm. You're leaving them with nothing and you're leaving you with nothing as well. So that's one way to look at this. The other way to look at this and to kind of start fixing this for yourself is to realize that people don't buy what we do. They buy who they're becoming. So basically, same idea, but just a different perspective. And I think that this can be really a helpful perspective for coaches, especially. They don't buy life coaching. They don't buy health coaching. They don't buy holistic wellness. They don't buy empowerment, but they do buy who they are becoming after they've used that service. So, Who is a more empowered person? What does she look like? What kind of job does she have? How does she behave in the evenings, in the mornings? You know, what's different about her relationships? Same thing with health coaching. Who is the person who is holistically well? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, what does she eat? How much energy does she have? You know, how do other people relate to her? That ideal, that end goal, that's what people are buying. There's this really great graphic that people might have seen, maybe not. You can probably google like the idea of this graphic if you actually want to see it. There's this graphic of Super Mario. It's a math problem. It's a Super Mario math problem. So it starts off with Super Mario then an addition sign, and then the power up flower mm-hmm. equals, and then Super Mario doing his powered up thing, like with the <laughs> spitting fire and like bigger and all of this stuff. It's been a long time since I played Mario. I'm sorry. But anyhow, <laughs> the idea is that we think we're selling the flower. We think we're selling the power up and that's what we end up leading with. But really what we're selling is the souped up Mario. Right. The one that can spit fire and is invincible and the fun music plays. So if you actually try to sell that souped up Mario, you're going to have much, much better conversion rate. You're going to have a much easier time. Sales is going to feel more fun to you than if you try and sell that flower. And the way you sell the Super Mario there, the souped up Mario is you describe it and you describe him or you describe her in as much detail as possible. You describe the way she feels, you describe the way she acts, you describe her relationships, you describe the way she spends her day Mm -hmm. and you give it as much specific detail as possible. You paint that picture as completely as possible. And in doing that, people will understand enough about what you're actually selling them that they'll want to buy.
0: So good. And I think that everyone should hit the back button. I love everything that you said. And there were so many really great nuggets. So I would love for people to listen to that again. And it is that what you're pointing to, I think a couple of things is that I don't want people to feel overwhelmed who are listening to this who are newer in their business, because what Tara just described might take you a couple to a few years to nail down. So, it takes experience. It takes talking to a lot of people. It takes having clients who have done the work with you, who you can see who they were before and after, and the journey in between. So, you can describe this. And, you know, especially if you have an online business, which a lot of you listening do, so you can really polish your copy to explain all of that to people, just like Tara was saying. And I think that what really stood out for me, and I, I was thinking about the trajectory of my own business and how that's changed. And I think that. A lot of people who get into this business, obviously, have done a lot of training. They've done a lot of work on themselves, and they are very far removed from that person that they were before, so they kind of forget to, what I like to say, like meet people where they are, and you said that really well about describing where that person is at, because if I only talk to people about where I am now, people would be like, that's super great for you, Andrea. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations, you know? But I have to tap into who I was 10 years ago because that's the person I help. And that takes time and a lot of listening and engaging with my people and really pouring through their intake packets and questionnaires and emails that they send me and you know even their comments on social media and things like that. So I think it's important for people to pay attention to those types of things
2: absolutely I am constantly listening listening is like my number one first step in marketing you can't market you can't sell until you first listen there's so many places I could go with this because you know literally I've written a book on this
0: you have. <laughs> but- okay. Yeah, Which we will link to the obs- in the show notes. <laughs> okay, great.
2: It's called the Observation Engine. It's actually mm-hmm. a very, very small book. You can read it in like an hour, but it's all about better understanding and better using your skills of observation and listening to be able to talk to people in a way that actually resonates and gets them to understand why your product fits into their life or why your service fits into their life. But yeah, I mean, listening is so key. And I think, you know, yes, it's going to take you one or two years to really nail this. And at the same time, you're always going to be refining the process. I'm still refining the process, right? We're constantly surveying our audience. We're constantly surveying our customers. We're asking people, why did you buy? Why didn't you buy? We're listening to those things. You know, it's one of the top reasons I go to conferences is to listen to my ideal customers and and turn that into, you know, a strategy and direction for my business. And at the same time, it is absolutely something you can do your very first day on the job, because it doesn't take a certain scale or quantity of responses. It can start with one person, Mm -hmm. which is what is so empowering to me about listening and observation when it comes to marketing the way we coach clients around this is we ask them to look for their virtual focus group. And all a virtual focus group is is maybe three, four, five people that you've worked with or people that you know who fit the that exact ideal of who you're looking for. If you've actually worked with them, they're the people that you'd love to just be able to put them on the photocopy machine and make photocopies mm-hmm. of them all day long, right? Like these are just, these are the people I want to work with, right? And so you start with those three, four or five people and you tell their stories basically back to yourself. You think about where they were when they came to you. Think about where they were after they left you. You think about what their goals were, what their questions were, what their problems were. You think about, you know, what made the biggest difference for them? What part of your process, what question did you ask that made the biggest leap for them? Right. And you tell that story back to yourself so that you can listen for what all those key details are. Mm -hmm. And when you do it at an individual level like that, what you're able to accomplish is personalization instead of generalization, where you can actually personalize your website, your sales page, any sales conversation that you're in so that you're only ever talking to exactly the right person for you as opposed to doing what we normally do, which is generalization, which is all the, you know, holistic wellness, empowerment, live your best life, speak your truth crap. Mm-hmm, <laughs> That's mm-hmm. all generalization and it doesn't appeal to anyone in particular but if you can retell the stories of your best clients on your sales pages whether you're using names or not right that doesn't matter but whether you can retell those stories that's how you speak specifically individually to people how you create that natural sense of urgency and how you help them understand the way they're going to make use of what you have to offer in their life to help them reach their goals and become that souped up mario
0: I can attest to that. What's interesting is it's funny how many of the things that have worked in my business, I have done completely on accident. And (laughs) just, I'm like, this would probably be a good idea. And I do it because it feels good. And then it ends up working. There have been a few things that haven't worked. I will say that. But one of the things I did is I was promoting a group coaching program that was very similar to the work that I do one-on-one with people. It wasn't exactly, but it was very similar. So I'm like, I think I'm going to bring someone on my podcast who was one of my former clients who went through that work with me so I can ask her questions. And I didn't want it to be really infomercially. I'll link to that episode in the show notes. You can listen to it if you want. Her name is Jen and she I didn't want it to be like infomercially, like I wanted her to do most of the talking and she did, and it was great and it worked really well. I sold, I oversold the class actually, but what was sort of an unintended side effect was that I've had more people now contact me for one-on-one work.
3: Mm. with
0: that program. Cause they're like, I heard that podcast you did. And it sounded really interesting. And I know that it was because it was a, just a regular Jane, you know, and she's not a life coach. <laughs> she was just on and talked about what her struggles were before and the work we did together and even about her objections during it. And even like the really hard and messy parts. And then, you know, what she's working on now and today. And it was, it ended up being a really smart thing that I did. And it was just, yeah, it was just really, you know, it was really authentic, Tara. <laughs> That's
2: the good... I want everyone to know I have no issue with being authentic. It's no. talking about being authentic.
0: right. right. Unless you're talking to other coaches. Exactly. Yeah. Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about... Compare and despair. So years ago, you wrote... I have so many favorite posts of yours. And of course, we're going to link up to these in the show notes. But a blog post that you wrote called Dirty Little Secret. And it was really about the truth of most online business marketers. And it was by no means like throwing anybody under the bus. But it was the truth that most of them aren't making as much money as we make up that they're making by watching them online. And so can we talk about that? First, I think I want to know, like, what prompted you to write this? Like, was it something that you saw or was it just came to you? You know, I think it was just more of that listening thing. I don't yeah. think there was any particular incident. It was a
2: number of years ago that I wrote that. So yes, forgive me if there maybe was an actual incident, but Somebody I don't think liar. <laughs> I know. no, I don't think that was it at all. I think it was just, you know, after years and years and client after client after client saying, oh, well, you know, such and such is doing this. And I know they're so successful. And, you know, one of the privileges of my job is that I get to see inside a lot of the quote unquote really successful businesses that are out there and I know how much money they're making and I know what their list size is and I know what's working and I know what's not working. And so one fun thing, one fun but also like dream shattering thing that I get to do is like, no, you don't want that person's life. You don't want that person's business. They're not doing as well as you think they're doing. Yeah. You know, and I try not to ever like name names. But at the same time, it's like, mm, no, I will dispel myths about, you know, people's success or, you know, just even say, you know, yeah, that person is really successful. And here, let me tell you what that actually looks like. So, yes, I think the biggest problem is not people lying about how much they're making or how successful they are. I think the biggest problem is how much we're lying to ourselves, really, about how successful other people And that's a huge problem because it leads to us running our businesses based on the outsides of other people's businesses instead of how their businesses actually run a good, successful business doesn't actually run based on what you see on the outside it's based on a deep business model that has many moving parts most of which the average person doesn't ever see mm. you know most of my subscribers for instance don't know about the things that we offer because they're not in a position to make use of them because they haven't gotten through those initial you know those initial stages yet and that's fine maybe you know I could sell incrementally more things if I told everybody about everything but but it doesn't actually work that way. My business model is based on, you know, working people through a series of processes and you know, that all stacks up to having a very healthy, profitable business. I think the other thing, well, there's a couple, I could talk for hours about this too. There's a few other things going on here. One, since I wrote that post, I actually think this problem has gotten a lot worse, which at the time would be hard to believe. But now with the pervasiveness of Facebook ads, what we're seeing is not just the people who we choose to follow which is bad enough as it is in a positive way, but a bad way. We're also seeing people ram their supposed success down our throats with Advertising because they can target us based on our interests. Now, I have no problem with Facebook advertising. I use Facebook advertising a lot. I spend mm-hmm. a lot of money on Facebook ads. I love it. I love that other people are using it. However, especially with life coaches right now, there is a huge tendency towards, you know, I make five figures a month. I make six figures a year. See how I made my multi-seven-figure coaching business, blah, blah,
0: blah. Use my, use and, my easy step-by-step process to make exactly. six figures in six months. I've seen that one.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And lots and lots of beautiful blonde women, no offense to present company, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, you know, selling this specter of living abroad and making six figures. And, you know, isn't it so easy and just do what I did and you can be like me too. And it's really bad. It's bad news. It's disempowering. I agree. It is in many ways it is also untruthful because what works for one person does not work I think for another in every person every way
0: it is untruthful yes. especially yes. if you are i'm going to stop you for a second just because i think that here's the problem i have with it and i know we could spend a lot of time talking about this is that i have issue when people are selling their results based on selling to other businesses when they are not actually selling the same thing that they are teaching other people to sell. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and that's, and so then that... That then leads to
2: this myth that you can only make money selling B2B. There are Business to business for anybody that doesn't yeah, know what that business means. to business. Sorry. There are so many business to consumer businesses out there, B2C businesses, that are making crap tons of money, mm-hmm. but nobody ever realizes it because they are not selling their businesses based on how much money they make. Right. It's ridiculous. And it makes me so angry because then people come to me and all they want to do is sell business coaching. And I'm like, look. Please stop selling business coaching. One, no. Two, (laughs) you know, just, it's just not what you need to do. Why would you leave a less saturated market for a more saturated market where it costs tons and tons in marketing to even get seen, let alone get heard? Oh my gosh, I could just go on and on. I know. Tara's getting mad, everybody. Tara's getting mad. I'm getting on on my (laughs) high horse now. Anyhow, there's one other piece of this that I really want to talk about, though which is this kind of mythical six figure number. And it's this number that we make up in our head. And I've been there done that as you know, this place we want to go this goal that we have, and I have nothing wrong with financial goals. I have nothing wrong with big financial goals. Mm -hmm. But what I want everyone to understand is what a six figure business actually means. So let's say you're running a $50,000 a year business with a $50,000 a year business. You're probably doing mostly one to one coaching and your overhead is very, very low. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have a virtual assistant that you pay, you know, Week by week, or you know, a retainer every month for a certain number of hours, something like that, right? So your overhead is very, very low. If you're making fifty thousand dollars a year, there's a good chance you're making at least forty-two thousand in profit, right?
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I okay, have colleagues, that those are the numbers.
2: Exactly, right? Then you work really hard and you get to six figures. Well, the, here's the thing about six figures: and the way a lot of people are telling you to do it to make six figures. You're going to put in $50,000 in expenses. You're going to hire that big, fancy launch coach, and you're going to hire somebody to put your program together, and you're going to hire a video editor, and you're going to pay your VA three times as much because now you've got three or four or five times as many customers coming through the door, all of whom are paying you exponentially less than they were before, and all of whom have way more questions than you've ever dealt with before, right? Mm -hmm. And so your profit margin, now your profit is $50,000 instead of $42,000. Why are you working so hard? That's ridiculous. Now, mm-hmm. that's not to say that you can't make $100,000 working in mostly one to one services with a very low overhead because you absolutely can. However, it is not the predominant model that people are selling right now. And it is not what we expect to be doing when we're making six figures. I'm all for people having a six figure coaching business that's actually based on one to one coaching. That's a good model. But most of the time, these just over a $100,000 a year businesses are expensive to run, they are draining and exhausting. And in the end, when you look, you know, when you do your taxes, four months later, you're like, Oh, crap, I didn't actually make any more money. Right. And that is, incredibly disempowering. What we don't talk about is how it's going to take you to get to maybe the $300,000 mark before you start feeling like you're making more money again. And then beyond that, (laughs) the fun thing that starts happening is your profit margin starts going down again, although your profit can continue to grow even as your margin goes down. So my margin has gone from like 80% to 40% in the last three or four years, I'm still making way more money than I used to make before. But I write a lot of checks every month, yeah. right? I'm writing 20, 30, $40,000 in checks on a regular basis. And that's really scary for people. And they also don't think about you know, that being the way it works, but that's how business works. You spend money to make money. We don't want it to be true because we've been told we can run our businesses for like a hundred bucks a year. But once you get past that certain place, once you've decided what I want is a half a million dollar business or a seven figure business or a multiple seven figure business, you're going to be writing so many checks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I Checks for more than I used to make in a year. It's insane, right? But it's really important to realize. And I think it's that other kind of unspoken thing that goes on when we make up how much money other people are making in our heads.
0: Yes. Thank you for that rant. That was, amazing. <laughs> I think too, is that what people don't see. And I wanted to ask you that question because you know, whether you are listening to this because you listen to my regular podcast and you're interested in being a coach, I want to talk about the truth. I have probably about half of my one-on-one clients that come to me for the life coaching program that I do at the very end. And I almost like know that the question is coming. They ask me about becoming a life coach because they're just so inspired and what they see from from where they're sitting is that I sit here in my office and I make lots of money and I get to help people live a better life. And that's like kind of all they see. And I post on Instagram sometimes. I tell them <laughs> the hard truth. This has taken me years to build. There's been a lot of blood, sweat and tears and my expenses. I, I'm like you, like I was just on your podcast and you were asking me about the people that helped me. And like, it's a pretty long list of people that help me. I mean, just the cost alone of my podcast, I calculated and it was something like something like $300 an episode or something Mm -hmm. that I pay because I don't write my show notes. I don't do all the editing. I don't put that all into the back end and paying for all that. Like people don't see any of that and how much it actually costs. And then the other thing too, oh, now I got all excited and I forgot what I was going to say, but it just, (laughs) I wrote a post, I don't know, maybe a year or so ago called in defense of the day job. And I think that what, I just want to say this one last thing about it is that people, those of you listening who are interested in becoming a coach or maybe have just gotten certified and don't know if they yet want to leave their nine to five is that I think sometimes it's really not about you wanting to do this for a living because we're inundated with that too. It's like be location independent, follow your passion, don't waste your life. And I think that what might be missing from your life is just doing your own personal work And then taking that out into the world and like, and helping other people just in your personal life, you don't have to do it for a living. I just don't think this is for everyone is what I'm trying to say. And I've seen so many people heartbroken buying into those promises that you mentioned. And then when they get in and they're a year and a half, two years in, and they're like, I am out of money. I did not know this was going to be so hard. I didn't know, you know, and it's just, that's why I like to talk about, and is it possible? Absolutely. It's totally possible, but it's hard.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Just to kind of back up on, you know, like the writing big checks every month or paying $300 for an episode of your podcast, you know, those are good expenses. And Mm -hmm. I enjoy those expenses. Like, I love my expenses, actually, because they represent people that I'm supporting in the world. And at the same time, it's not the story that we tell ourselves about these businesses. And it's also largely not the story that we expect to be living when we start these businesses, Right. right? It's not what people see on the outside. It's not this idea that, yeah, I'm just going to get to sit in front of my computer and talk to people on the phone all day. Well, no, you're not. You'll be lucky if you Mm -hmm. get to spend 20 hours a week with client work, but probably you're going to be looking at more like 10 to 12 hours a week on client work. You need to make those 10 to 12 hours pay your bills. Mm -hmm. How are you going to do that? What does that look like? You know, just as a kind of a corollary to this way back in the day, I used to work with a lot of designers and makers and, you know, kind of craftspeople and artists. And they would tell me all the time, Tara, well, what do I need to do so that really all I'm doing or most of my time is spent on actually making my work Mm -hmm. and doing my art? you're never going to get there. You are never going to get there. That's not what business is about. If you want to spend the vast majority of the time that you're devoting to this making, be my guest. But that's a hobby. Either that or you need a business partner who's going to do all that other stuff for you. Mm -hmm. And most people don't want to go that direction either. So yeah, so to me, this conversation is all about really presenting people with the actual choices that they have, right? And I completely agree that just because you love helping people doesn't mean you should be a life coach. And also there's amazing ways to bring what you're, you know, how you're helping people and coaching skills into the work that you're already doing. Mm -hmm. It's one of the number one things that corporate managers are looking for now or that executives are looking for when they're hiring, right? And you could be an engineer, you could be a, a designer in an agency, you could be a project manager. And one of the number one skills they're looking for is coaching skills. Okay. If you as an employee, as a team member, as a team leader have coaching skills, you are going to be an incredibly valuable member of that team, but you're still going to have to do the other work too. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah, It doesn't have so, to look like an online business. So I'm, I'm glad you no. brought that up. Yeah, yeah. Well, our time's up. And I am so (laughs) glad I'm just really grateful for this conversation. And I'm sure so many people have walked away with so many important pieces of wisdom. So thank you so much for being here. And all of the things that we talked about are linked up in the show notes. But just for anyone who's just dying to read more of what you have, where is the first place you want to send them to find you?
2: Whoa! The first place you can find me is quietpowerstrategy.com. dot com. That's sort of like you know, it's our home base for everything in the Quiet Power Strategy world. And then, secondly, to that, you know, where more of my blog posts are right now is still TaraGentilly. dot com. And there's basically seven years worth of business blog posts there. Mm-hmm. So whether you want to go back into the archives and find some of the ones that we were talking about, or you want to see what I'm thinking about now, that's the place to go.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Ask Kickers, for being here. And until next time, I will see you out in cyberspace. Bye-bye.